Hi, and welcome to White Hat versus Black Hat SEO show. My name is Josh Bashinsky. Josh, technical trouble, Bashinsky. <laughs> and on the call today, we have my Black Hat co-host, Clint Butler. Say hi there, Clint. Hi, everyone. How y'all doing? We have Gabe listening in. He's going to ask some, uh, he's hanging out. He's going to ask some questions in the chat. If you guys want to join this hangout, we can also do that as well. If you want to join the hangout, say so in the chat, and I will let you join. I'll post the URL there to join. Uh, this is a show about, if you never watched the show before, this is a show about SEO. We are the best SEO show on the interwebs. Uh, there's not a lot of other SEO shows on the interwebs, but we are still the best one because we have the highest amount of knowledge and we provide that free for you. Uh, current knowledge up in 2018 based on experiments and leaks and lots of experience and knowledge ranking a lot of sites so you can trust what it is we're saying and we know what we're talking about. Today, we're going to be doing SEO 101, SEO basics. What uh, you need, the basic stuff you need to new, you need to know, and you need to do for your SEO. Uh, and so we're going to be starting that in a couple seconds. But uh, before that, I just want to say, uh, uh, Stephen says, uh, "Aren't you aren't you the only SEO show?" Yes, we're probably the only SEO show. There's other people doing SEO shows. They're their hangouts, not really a show per se, but but uh, but we're still the best. We still know the most. And you can ask us any SEO questions. So go ahead and ask there in the chat if you're watching live on YouTube. You should find on your top right-hand right corner if you're watching on YouTube. But before we get to the SEO 101, I want to ask Clint, how's it going, Clint? What's new in the SEO world for you? It's going good. I, you know, I got a lot of penalty recovery uh, requests lately. Things seems to be going around. Manual action, they're getting thin sites. Uh, right. I had one customer come up and ask for a quote for 55 different domains. He's trying to recover. So wow. See, so these were manual actions versus site. Yeah, I think what it is is that it might be a network that they made, uh, and it's a little thin, so it's got that thin content element. So it probably got picked up in the Euro PBN site, and we're going to use this because we don't have we haven't made a new one. <laughs> a new right. We give you so yeah, that's what I think it is, in my opinion. I see. So yeah. Um, what what are the steps you would go through to uh, fixing something like that? Well, with those, really, if it if it was picked as a PBN, then really you got to turn that thing into a brand new site. So um, you know, not necessarily you brand it, but make it out to like it's a real site. It's a money site. Remove a lot of the outbound linking. If there's interlinking in between that, in his case, that there it looks like there is. Uh, remove all that. Deal with legal pages. Essentially, create create brand new websites, and then look at. Uh, their link profile because once they looked at the website, they're going to look at their link profile. So you got to make sure that's clean too. So, <laughs> right. Once yeah. they catch you for something, they're going to look at everything. Kind of like the yeah. police, you know, they, 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 they find a concealed weapon on you. They're going to find something else on you. Right. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I find it interesting what you said. Uh, yeah. you got to kind of have a quality website these days. <laughs> it's pretty hard to rank a complete crap website. Uh, and uh, uh, I'm sticking Google yeah. for any length of time. Yeah, I've seen complete crap rank and just, but you know, in this particular case, uh, knowing what it was built for, I think they just caught on. They're not dumb. You know, you can get away with a lot with Google, uh, especially if you're careful and you don't brag about it. But and it's just uh, at some point, you know, there's got to be there is some common sense applied there. What they did was was probably a good short term opportunity for ranking. Um, but if they invested a lot of money into those 55 sites, they had 300 of them total, but these 55, then, you know, that was probably a bad idea. <laughs> probably, probably <laughs> a bad idea. Uh, all in all, probably a bad idea. Yes. That's what we're going to be talking about today. SEO 101. What is probably a bad idea <laughs> and, and probably what is not a bad idea. Okay. Well, what's happening new in the White Hat world? There's nothing much new into the White Hat world that's going on. Rand Fishkin uh, left Moz. That's a news item that's vaguely SEO related. He's going into another company. He's doing another startup. Really? Yes. Yeah, so Moz has really lost uh, their star power lately. I don't know what Moz is going to do without Rand Fishkin. Maybe they'll hire me. <laughs> <laughs> not likely. <laughs> no. They're never going to hire me in a million years. Uh, and I would never accept the job in a million years. Uh, but I do have some new experimental results. If you guys want to see that, I'll share the screen and I'll show you some of my new experiments that have panned out. Some very interesting stuff is going on. As per usual, I have a group of, uh, of apprentices that do uh, help me do experiments. And we've done some ones recently that were pretty interesting. For example, 
What happens if you go to a page and you, you copy 20 CSS files from Walmart and from a bunch of different companies, a bunch of different places? What happens when you uh, add your, 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 your paint time by plus eight seconds? What do you think? <laughs> so this page here, we added uh, eight seconds to it to make it slower paint. And I won't even show you the graph, just long, long story short, it dropped to number four from position one, and it was also de-indexed partly. And so we're going to uh, rerun this experiment with faster speed. So it, newsflash, if you add eight seconds to your, to your uh, paint time, you are going to drop from position one to either position four or be, you'll be de-indexed sometimes. Sometimes it was position four, four, sometimes it was de-indexed. If you look at the graph here, you can see that it was de-indexed. It was dropped out of the, the index for a couple days there, for about three days, another three days, and now it's ranking at position four. So that's not a good thing when we added, when you add the speed, Google spidered it and was on spider and we visited a couple times, so it could have been uh, the traffic as well. So I have some pretty definitive proof and also Kyle from SIA had also done this experiment as well and he got the same results. And so what do you, what do you think about that, Clint? Was that de-indexed or did it just drop out of the top 100? Both. Okay. Depending on the day. One day it would be gone, the other day it would be position, position four. Uh, and you know, if, because it's a, the mobile first index, which index it fell out of? Did it fall out of the mobile index or it stay in the desktop or? That's a good question. Um, I don't know how I could differentiate that from my side. I'm gonna guess it's the mobile index it dropped from, but these were desktop rankings and desktop computers going to them. Uh -huh. Uh, I, I repeated the search on mobile as well and the same results. So it looks like uh, if they're tracking your mobile speed, they're going to rank your desktop site, or at least that page, page-based on, on those metrics as well. Right. That makes sense. So there's some uh, – Google has been complaining about site speed for some time. This is paint speed. So just in case nobody understands what that means. So there's time to first byte. So the, the, the browser makes a request to the server. The server says checks the DNS server, checks your, your certificate if you have a TLS or, or an HTTPS certificate, and then goes back to the server and responds to your browser. That's time to first byte. So we weren't testing that. Time to first byte in this case was only 0.8 seconds. So that round trip was quite quick. What we did is we added, we went to walmart.com and went to like different JCPenney's websites and all the like 20 cascading style sheets they load, we just started loading them from other servers, which you can do of course. We just started loading uh, global CSSs that, that defined hundreds and hundreds of classes and hundreds and hundreds of styles that had nothing to do with our website, but it doesn't matter. The, the browser still has to process all this, right? And so we had the browser there timing out. So you get the gray screen would come up. It would sit there, sit there, sit there for about eight seconds, and then it would finally paint the page. And so obviously that'd be a very annoying user experience. Yeah. And so eight seconds, I mean, that's quite extensive. Although I've, I've come up with clients that, that took that long to fully paint the page. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, a, that's, that's ridiculously stupid. As, as, as you like to say, if you don't have a, mobile, a responsive design or if you don't have a fast website at this point, you should just get out of the game. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to peel that back now, try and peel it back by a couple seconds every time to see when, when the design pops back to number one because it was ranking number one previously for, for a great number of weeks. Do you, do you think that's a good way to proceed there, Clint? No, I would. I would. You know, it's kind of see, you know, at least tell us what our limit is, uh, which would be really helpful for everybody. I, guess. I only track in my service, I don't track uh, full render just because everyone's measuring it differently. So, regardless of the tool you use, it gets measured differently. Yes. But I admit, I do start render, and what you're talking about there is start render. So, I think that'd be pretty interesting. Yeah, the time it takes it to paint the document in order for the document object model to be usable. Right. Just the first paint, Which is so dark. someone they see something, whether the image is below loaded or not, don't, don't even matter at that point. We're just loading all the CSS in the header, in the head section. Yeah, and if you guys are using uh, webpagetest.org for your testing, which you should be, uh, then start render is a number that he's talking about. Yeah, definitely. So that was one experiment. I thought that was pretty interesting that we got good results on. Uh, the next thing we're doing here, let's see. I started a new test. It's a very simple test. Uh, whether or not, uh, uh, whether or not uh, a, a keyword in an alt attribute actually affects rankings. 
And so what we did is February 26th, a couple days ago, we put a keyword in a, uh, an alt attribute in an image tag, and look what happened. Duh. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, sometimes these, these <laughs> tests are basic, but I mean, so putting an extra keyword in the alt attribute, so, you know, just a normal image tag, uh, it was a one pixel by one pixel transparent image. So the image didn't, I don't think, help the page rank because it wasn't an image of anything. But the extra keyword in the alt attribute did rank the page for desktop non-image based rankings. And we put this keyword in it. This is the keyword. So uh, that was pretty interesting. As you can see, this has been ranking number two for weeks. And then I can I could go back in time. This is my probably my most stable server uh, where we did a really good spin so that Google doesn't detect the spin very well. Uh, so that was interesting. So we got a positive result from that one. So newsflash, folks, <laughs> keywords and alts are a ranking factor. Uh, I would just be careful overstuffing them. Yeah. And your keyword density goes too high, and your keyword density is above everybody else uh, over the threshold that we talked about previously, which is 100%. So if their keyword density is 2%, you want your keyword density to be no higher than 4%, but within the 35 to 3.9% range. You don't want to be 100% higher than them. That's where Kyle testing this extensively, like 20 different tests, he proved this conclusively. At this time, unless they tweak the algo, you don't want to be 100% over. That's when you start to see diminishing returns and drops. Yeah. And it's page-based and query-based. And so, it, unfortunately, you can't do it across the site. you got to do it per page. But uh, So I don't know if the result of this test is because I put it in an alt attribute or because I just stuck another keyword in there. I could just stick a keyword in there, uh, take it out of the alt attribute, and put it, I don't know, in a, a, an XYZ attribute. I can, I can make up whatever HTML I want. HTML comment? Yeah, I can put an HTML comment. I could just do X, Y, Z equals keyword quotation in any tag I want in a paragraph tag. Because for those of you who don't know, you can make up any HTML attribute you want. And the, and the browsers are just going to ignore them. But Google might not. Google might read the HTML code to see all the keywords in it. It might be using the HTML code keywords to, to, rank, to help rank the page. And not even though John Mueller insisted when he was asked this question in the Hangout that they use the document object model content the rendered content, not the HTML content. So I think it's probably the alt attribute that we caught. <laughs> That'd be a good test. I would go, you know, find your uh, one of your other test pages that's lower and put some HTML content yeah. there and see if that does it. Yeah, I'm definitely going to try this one again. So let's go back here. I will share the screen again, see what other goodies I can dig up for you folks. If you have any SEO questions, please ask them in the chat, and we'll get to them as quickly as we can. So that was the alt keyword test. Let's see what else we had. Okay, so we tried meta keywords as well. You know, it's a long-standing myth that meta keywords is a ranking factor or not a ranking factor. And so we decided to test that. And so first, we tried meta description that had no uh, had no uh, had no change, but we put meta keywords in a page, and uh, this was. Before this point, this was like around this time here. And again, there's no boost from putting a meta keywords in there. So that was very interesting. Um, not so surprising. John Mueller has maintained and sworn up and down for years that the meta keywords are not used, even though they often correlate with rankings. The only way to prove it is a test. And so we've done this test and there was no boost. So that was interesting. I find any result interesting, whether it's a, a, a affirmation of the hypothesis or a denial. That's the way science works, folks. Let's see what else we did here. Um, uh, that was about it for now. So I see a Gabe has asked a question here in the chat. He says, just listening on this one, do you think having your each one toward the bottom of the page is better or worse or no difference than having it at the top of the page? That's an excellent question, Gabe. That uh, is a perfect segue into SEO 101. So let's talk about uh, uh, Deidre asks, what speed test did I use? I used web uh, webtestpage.org. Webtestpage.org. The one that, uh, or web page test, which one is it? Where is it? I'll find Web page test. Webpagetest.org. is what I used. It's this website right here. I'll show you. Uh, it's it's a, it's a great one to use. It's, uh, it's I always go with Oregon just to make it consistent. 
Uh, sometimes when I'm checking a local site, I'll check the local area. But to make, and not a lot of people in Oregon are using this test, so I can get my test back really quick. I use 3G because that's what uh, Google says that the majority of the world is using. And so uh, I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what Google says, so that's what I use. Well, when you and, add the third world countries into it. In the end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it, globally, I think it's going to be faster in North America. But yeah. Uh, so this is, the, this is what I use, and it's a great, great for testing speed. Okay, so let's move on to the, the topic of the show today, which is SEO 101. Yeah. So I get, I get this question often. I'm sure, Clint, you get this question often as well. Josh, what are some good resources just to learn SEO? I'm just new in SEO. I want to start doing SEO. Either they're working for a company that just got uh, told by their boss. Their boss walks up by their desk one day and says, hey, you, we need this thing, SEO thing. Do it. And then they become an SEO that way. Or they want to get into internet marketing. They want to get into affiliate marketing. And they need to learn some SEO. And I get this question all the time, how do I learn basic SEO? Well, basic SEO is is fairly straightforward and quite frankly I don't think it's really changed um, since ever really it, it's kind of the same uh, if I had to give you an SEO 101 course this is the right off the top of my head I haven't prepared anything I'll just tell you SEO 101 what I think it would be in Clint please feel free to add in or change whatever you see fit but basically it comes down to uh, a couple different things you have your on page that you need to do you have your site technical you need to do and then you need to do your off page stuff on page is very simple. When it comes down to it, no matter how more advanced Google has become, uh, they've rewritten the algorithm at least twice, a complete rewrite of their search algorithm at least twice that I can think of in history. Even though that's the case, even though now they're entity-based and they have a huge stack and they're putting entities in here and they're filtering out query deserves freshness and query deserves diversity and personalization and geographic location, all that different stuff they're doing in there, uh, at the end of the day, Google is nothing more than a souped up control F in Word. That's it. It's going to, it matches uh, uh, text strings and it has a huge database of, of, of synonyms it can swap out for weird Xmas presents or strange Christmas gifts. But at the end of the day, if you want to rank for weird Xmas presents, because that's what most people are searching, and you should do the keyword research to find out, by the way, you should use SEMrush or you should use Google AdWords Keyword Planner to find the keywords you want to rank for that people are searching most. Uh, that are the most lucrative based on the, the cost per click, the average cost per click. If you find out that weird Xmas gifts is the keyword you want to rank for, then that's the keyword you need to base your entire page around. And you will also rank for strange Christmas presents and things like that, but you will rank better for weird Xmas gifts because you have that keyword in key places. What are the key places? Well, this is not just myth I'm telling you. This, As I said, this has been extensively tested by a group that Clint and I are both members of, the SEO intelligence agency, we've done extensive testing into what uh, tags actually give a boost and what gives a demotion. And so these are the tags that actually give a boost. You want that exact keyword to be in the title. It doesn't necessarily have to be left leading, although left leading sometimes seems to have a benefit, but it could be in the middle. Uh, my rule of thumb is that title should also be uh, appealing to click on, it should be marketing. So instead of just weird Xmas gifts, and that's the title, the title should be, you know, wow, top 10 weird Xmas gifts or, or, or coolest top Xmas gifts or, or something like weird Xmas gifts. Something that has the exact phrase weird Xmas gifts in it, but it uh, also has other marketing psychology power words to make people go, hmm, it's clickbaity, and they want to click it. The next is the page name. Now, we've done extensive testing as to what actually has a boost. Does an exact match domain, uh, so like the www.weirdxmasgifts.com, that has a better boost than weirdxmasgifts.blogspot.com, which has a better boost than whatever.com slash weirdxmasgifts. It works in that order in terms of ranking factors. However, that being said, John Mueller has strictly warned that you might not want to run an exact match domain because quite often they are stripped out by Google. And he said, although Kyle has disproven them with this, that they have a filter that will restrict to usually only one exact match domain. Kyle has shown, uh, and our group, uh, SAA has shown, our testing group has shown that uh, you can have certain smaller low competition niches that can have multiple exact match domains like weirdxmasgifts.com, weirdxmasgifts.net, weirdxmasgifts.org. But I, I'm going to tell you from a risk mitigation strategy, being the resident white hat, that would be me. You should be very careful in just going out and buying a domain that's an exact match domain 
or definitely don't spend any huge money on it, or thinking you're going to rank four or five in the SERP. Uh, it's going to be exceedingly, increasingly difficult to do that the more higher competition and the higher paid that SERP is. Clint, would you agree with that or, or would you disagree? I think so. Yeah, I'd be right along the lines with you, but you're saying too. I'm a little bit distracted. There's someone who's saying a question about GT metrics. So make sure we come back to that one. Uh, sure. Okay. The next thing in SEO 101 would be so so either the domain name or the page name. It's going to be on topic. So if you promise you, this page is about weird Xmas gifts, it's going to be about weird Xmas gifts, right? And the the in the in the HTML, you're going to have a body tag. Right after right after that body tag, you want the H1 tag to show up right after that. You can CSS style an H1 tag to show up anywhere you want, but in terms of the HTML, what we've tested is that the H1 has to go right after the body tag. You should say weird Xmas gifts or 2018's weird Xmas gifts. Again, it doesn't have to be left leading, but it has the, the, the exact match keyword has to be in there somewhere. So we have the title, the URL, the H1. Then you have a paragraph, an introductory paragraph. The top 100 words has to mention weird Xmas gifts a number of times that, that the keyword density that you want. The keyword density you want is, I said, 50 to 90% higher than the SERP average. How do you find the SERP average? You download something called SERPWORX, S-E-R-P-W-O-R-X. Uh, it's, a, a, it's a search results page overlay that you download. It costs money. I don't get an affiliate uh, commission from it, but I've mentioned it so much. Richard, the guy who created it, does give it to me for free. And he does listen to my emails. I don't know, if, Clint, if you noticed, but he recently put averages for all the values in there because I recently emailed him in wine. Richard, I don't want to can – you, can you put averages in there? So he put averages across the whole board for the PA, for everything. So it was really nice. You see, I, you know, membership has its privileges. <laughs> Plus, Richard's a good dude. I wind to him a lot, too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we, yes, we both wind to him a lot. So uh, poor Richard has to put up with us SEOs whining at him. So, um, so that, and then we're on the top 100 words there. Now, you can't have, can have the keyword littered throughout. You should probably use synonyms like weird, uh, strange Christmas presents. You could try and hit a second, this, what we would call a secondary keyword would be like strange Christmas gifts or uh, gifts, or, or um, the top 10 weirdest Christmas gifts. If, if, you're, if you're hitting uh, weird Xmas presents, then strange Christmas gifts would be a secondary keyword, uh, or something, something along those lines. Related, uh, any topic that is related, that is subordinate, uh, think of it logically, to weird Xmas gifts. I like to tell people when they're dealing with <clears throat> page structure to think of it just like when you were in school and you had to create a research paper. You put the outlines in there, you did your topics, subtopics, and even your subtopic to your subtopics, and that's how you use those H tags. That's how you use your additional keywords. That's how you fill in your LSI. And if you think of it like that, it makes on-page optimization basic pretty damn easy. Uh, it, it takes all the mess out of it. And if you're writing like that as well, then you don't have to worry about SEO optimized content because it's already optimized because you, you were formatting it in that way. You know, you don't have to write a, a pure research paper type, you know, uh, voice when you're doing your content. But if you write it out that way, it makes it a lot easier. No, you're exactly correct. And to echo uh, Clint's point, it doesn't have to be a research paper either. If you are gonna, if you have a product-based page and you're gonna show some weird Xmas gifts, well then after the H1 and after this this one single line or a couple lines of text, or, or beside the lines of text, you would filter up your product listings. You know, three or four by side, and they, they can go over the they can go over the products. They can click down. They can go to the product pages. So you don't want to put the products way at the bottom and put like an essay on the top. That would be a mistake. That would have been great 2007 SEO, but it's terrible 2018 SEO. You know why? Because Google also has quality algorithms that watch where people click and watch when people get annoyed and when they bounce. And if people have to scroll to find the, the Christmas, the, the weird Christmas presents you claim to have on this page, they're going to get a little bit annoyed. So you've got to have that right at the top too. So here's another question also. You, you might ask me, well, Josh, do I have to use an actual H1 tag and an actual H2 tag and these actually heading tags and logically formatted like that? My answer is that would be best. But no, John Mueller has admitted that they, they do process your cascading style sheet. They do process your design. And if you styled it, if you styled it big like an H1 and styled this one a little less like an H2, they would probably accept that. But um, just to be absolutely safe, uh, we've never tested that. So I can't confirm that for sure. I would say, uh, yes, I would make it an H1 and an H2. That's kind of the industry standard anyway. 
So that's how you would flesh out that page. And again, whatever else you want to put on that page that would help the user, that would make them really happy and like it, that's what you need to do. That's how you'd flesh out the page. Uh, Clint, do you have anything else you would add for uh, on page 101? You know, honestly, I think that the advice of writing it as an outline and setting it up that way using the age tags and all the other elements and features that we would normally add um, is probably the best that I can give. Um, if you want to, you know, you can do it inside a Word. I like to use Scrivener. That's a good tool to, to write out your blog post or your content in any, any means um, as an option. But for the most part, just set it up like you're writing a, a paper and then write naturally. Screw SEO, just write about the topic. Uh, and it's going to take care of itself, I think. Uh, obviously, you're going to have to go back in there and make some adjustments for related terms and optimizing because Google ranks web pages, not websites, uh, and optimizing that page a little bit. But it, you know, it won't be that same old, you know, this is the red widget by the red widget. We bought this at the red widget store uh, type of content that we were used to writing in the past. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Now, some people also ask Josh, what is this 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 uh, siloing in terms of directory structure? Should I have joshesfruitemporium.com slash fruit slash red apples, or should I just have joshesfruitemporium.com slash red apples? Well, it was rumored for a long time that Google would use those keywords and it would help. But actually, uh, we've done the testing, and we found out that actually it doesn't help at all. The, 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 the pages that have the best ranking signal are directly off of the root of the site. So um, you would want to do uh, uh, whatever.com slash weird Xmas gifts. You would not want to do whatever.com slash category slash page slash zero one slash weird Xmas gifts. That would have less of a boost than the one we found that comes right off the root. So some default WordPress installations we found are actually not optimal when it came to our testing and what we found for our testing. Yeah. What I like to do is take those out of the equation altogether. So let's say your term is SEO. So domain.com forward slash SEO. SEO is the category. And then you're going to write in the blog post. Now, I like to use WordPress because just it's easy CMS. So that's how, why I'm thinking of it this way. But you can do the same thing with the HTML site. That SEO category is redirected to your SEO money page. It is not doesn't actually share the category at all. Uh, and then when you're writing your post and you're assigning those posts to those categories, it follows that path where your money page and your blog post are connected you know, through that 301 redirect from the categories. And then the tags we don't even use. I, I use them for inter internal site search. That's that's the function that WordPress uses to drive those. So that's what I use the tags for when I know index does. And then I know index and or just dis disable altogether author archives and data archives. So that helps you with your siloing stuff. It's not that complicated. Uh, you just pick a method and stick with that method, and then you'll be okay. Uh, yeah, I like I like to keep it simple, stupid method. Yeah. Uh, being being stupid myself, <laughs> uh, as simple as possible is the best way to do it. So that, in terms of our testing, is how we found the best way to do the on-page SEO, and that right now has the highest boost. Oh, and I forgot, of course, the alt attribute. We just learned that, again, keyword and all attribute helps. So pick an image. That, grab, so if you're making a page about weird Xmas gifts, grab a, a picture of a weird Xmas gift, put it in the, in, the, in, in the article somewhere, and say, you know, in the alt attribute, say weird Xmas gift. That's all you would say, and that apparently is going to give some kind of a boost as well. And you ask, you know, what about... Uh, there's other things you can do, like what about uh, keyword in the meta description, Paul? No, we tested that. It gives no boost at all. It might uh, somebody might uh, see it and click it because they see reinforced in their in their head psychologically what they want to find, but it did not give any ranking boost. Uh, keyword in the meta description or keyword in the meta keywords didn't give a ranking boost. We've also tested the B. Sorry, go ahead, Clint. Meta description one. I suggest run the test for yourself. Uh, Josh didn't see any. I think Kyle ran a couple and he didn't see any. However, I've tested it in a while where I've just changed the meta description, added keywords, and added some relevancy keywords to it, uh, and I saw a boost. So that one you're really going to have to change, test for yourself uh, by niche. Don't do like Josh is doing with the single variables. You're going to have to test it by niche too. Uh, so that that's the, that's my caveat for that one. That's true. I mean, that's that's the tough part is that it could very well be that, say, in the 
uh, I don't know, say in the car loans, the used car loans, that it's a little bit more aggressive. And so they, they, they maybe, maybe they use that signal. You never know. Uh, Google is using artificial intelligence to manipulate their own artificial intelligence ranking signals. And so the AI might choose a ranking factor that we don't even know what it is. And, and Google doesn't even know what it is. It could be, it could be different per, per niche. But I think generally our, 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 our niche in specific testing, I think, is generally pretty good background. Okay, so people have other questions too. Like, um, apparently, there's ways you can have a page, and then you have like sub pages that just link to this page, and then there are a table of contents, and that gives a boost. But that's the same as putting on an H1 and H2 and an H3, and then another H1 and H2 and H3 going down the page about topics and subtopics. Uh, also, people talk about uh, putting like you have to use a bold tag for the keyword. Uh, in Cora, we found a huge decorrelation of rankings with using the bold tag in the keyword. So we've not, I haven't tested that yet, but I wouldn't I wouldn't go and do that. So I would only do what I just said previously. If you don't remember, go back in the video and let's do it again. That's how you would do the on-page dressing of, of the web page. Technically, what is SEO 101s in terms of your web server or in terms of your, your technical SEO? Well, when it comes down to it, I know, Clint, you might disagree, but in my opinion, I think a site, site map is a complete waste of time. You don't need it if you have a good navigation on your site. Robots text is a complete waste of time. Just don't even have one. Just let Google crawl everything because they're going to bitch and moan if they can't crawl your CSS anyway. And who knows, that could be a ranking demotion. That's something we need to test. Basically, you need a site that Google can crawl that responds quickly to Google. I, I always say there's two things in SEO you can never waste money on. Getting good photographs for your site, like hiring a model and getting good, good custom photo photography if possible, or stock photography. and increasing the speed of your website. In my opinion, those are the only two things you could never waste money on uh, within reason. <laughs> you could probably waste money <laughs> trying to increase. If, if your response time is less than a second and you spent a million dollars to get it to 0.5 seconds, okay, that would have been a waste of time, money of time. But generally speaking, you can never waste time having a faster speed and, uh, and or good uh, marketing photography, especially if it's a sales site and you want to sell a dream. Uh, Clint, what are your what are your comments on that for technical SEO? Uh, if you don't have a good interlinking in place, then you need a sitemap. Uh, Google's got to find all those links in one way or another, and most people, honestly, they just don't get interlinking right. Mm. Uh, and then you know sometimes things happen. Like there's a comment in there that said they found the tags messed up their silo. That's to me, if the tags messed up your silo, it means you didn't know index them uh, and set them to no follow. Uh, and then it wouldn't have had any effect on it at all. Um, so, you know, in that case, a sitemap would have, might have been helpful to make sure that everything is crawled. Uh, the bigger your site is, the more you need a sitemap. It's the way I, it's kind of the way I view it, especially if you're going to be publishing new content cons consistently. Like if you're in Amazon, those guys, you know, how would Google know that they're publishing all those things if they're not notifying through a sitemap? And I think so, you know. Does a local site need sitemap? You know, if you get what five pages from services and some legal stuff, then probably not. You can fix that with your navigation. So, um, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. Maybe a site that had 10 million pages. Yeah, you could give it a sitemap so Google can find that more easily. But quite frankly, I I would just take the purest approach and say, well, if you don't have a good navigation, then make a good navigation. <laughs> you know, one that Google needs to see as well. I don't think you need to make a separate. Uh, XML sitemap, uh, and, and and it's a bit of a bugaboo for me. Uh, you know, it, it's kind of I, I go to conferences and, and, and there's ten presentations on how to make a sitemap. I mean, this is a complete waste of time, in my opinion, for 99% of the sites. But again, as I admit, that's a bit of a bugaboo for me. So that, that's a bit of my axe to grind. Maybe I'm grinding my axe a little too much there. Well, you but, know, you kind of tend to make things complicated too. So Screaming Frog makes sitemaps for you. It takes all 30 seconds to turn Screaming Frog on, plug your thing in there, and let it do it, and then you upload those, and you're done. Ta-da, sitemaps made. So. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> and, and, and a lot of WordPress plugins will auto-generate a sitemap for you as well. Yep. Uh, but in terms of technical SEO, but of course, but there's the problem, though, that when you start doing a sitemap, then now you need to actually uh, 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 get the sitemap right. If you get the sitemap wrong, Google has fully admitted they will never trust it again. They will never use it again. So you have to make sure your sitemap has never been wrong. It's always been correct. And also, you cannot put any URL parameters in your sitemap. So what is the URL parameter? URL parameter is question mark variable equals something, right? So um, or, and you can't put any uh, uh, hash banks, I think, probably in your, in your sitemap either. 
you couldn't have uh, whatever.com, uh, hashbang, you know, whatever, blah. Uh, Google has, a, uh, has claimed to have a problem with that. They want strictly clean canonical uh, URLs. And John Mueller has mentioned that you can't have URL parameters in your navigation as a canonical or in your sitemap. And by definition, you're trying to put the, the canonical uh, uh, URLs, according to John Mueller, into your sitemap. And that there can be ranking problems if you do that. So that's another reason why I say just ignore the sitemap. You don't, in my opinion, you don't need it to begin with. Google's pretty good at finding pages and crawling navigations. It's, it's, it's rare situations where you would need to use such a thing. But again, that's 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 my opinion. Um, someone put here, Liam said, SEO 101, use structured data. Yes, uh, structured data can definitely help. But our testing has shown that structured data only gives you a boost right now for product microdata. And again, you can't have any errors in the product microdata. So you have to admit what the price is, what the, all the product description is. You have to have, make sure all the fields in the microdata are filled out or you're not going to get that boost. In fact, your search console will be screaming with errors. And so I don't put it as an SEO 101 kind of tactic to do because, again, it only relates to, to products. But if you have an e-commerce website, you should definitely consider using Schema because in our testing, we found that it did, did give you the boost. In our big nerd testing, it did give you the boost. So that's kind of SEO 101 for, for technical website and for, for, a, uh, uh, for page. The other thing I could mention is that you probably should, should get a .com. We did the testing, and some domain names do just have a natural minus, like .me or .info. If you can get a .com, that's usually what you want, or one of the new TLDs, like .guru or .ninja. They don't have any plus or minus at all. Um, we did find in testing those had a minus. But I mean, I'm pretty sure that if you had a great site on a .info, that Google would rank it. So uh, I don't think that it would be uh, an insurmountable problem. So let's move on to off-page uh, SEO 101. Uh, in terms of off-page SEO 101, I could boil it down to one word, references. And what I mean by that is mentions of you, either in an anchor text or not. Of course, the ye olde do follow backlink is still the back, has been and is still the backbone of off-page signals. Um, there's all kinds of caveats and addendums as to how to get those links, where to place those links, what the anchor text should say, what it shouldn't say, at what velocity you should do so, and what neighborhoods you should do so. But uh, of course, that's still going to be the basics. Social media, of course, is is um, is also showing in our testing that it can give a boost. Straight text mentions give a tiny, tiny boost. Uh, Nofollow links give a little bit more of a boost. Uh, social signals on your profile that links to your page and your page links back to your profile give a boost. Uh, so those are the kinds of off-page signals that you would want to get for 101. Um, uh, but then it would be a huge topic as to how to say where to get them and, and how to do it. Uh, Clint, do you have a comment? I don't. Not on this one. <laughs> yeah, because if you make one comment, then you'd have to say a thousand things. <laughs> yes. So that's where the white hat versus black hat methodologies and philosophies tend to diverge, where the white hats want to make kind of, kind of content that is so noteworthy that people are going to share it of their own volition and, and link to it of their own volition, which is extremely hard to do, quite frankly. Uh, and the more commercial and the more boring your content, the more that is just strictly impossible. So if you want to remain white hat in that scenario, in those paradigms, you would be buying traffic from, say, Facebook or from Google. And then hopefully that traffic signal, which is also a signal to Google, is going to tell Google that your pages are quality pages. And you're going to have a better quality score. And you're going to have a better on page, hopefully, so that your, your weak uh, linking signals are going to be made up, uh, that everyone else has stronger linking signals. You're going to make up, say, in quality signals, maybe. And that's how you would conceivably rank which is plausible. It can happen in some niches. If you want to diverge more, uh, continuing our SEO, SEO 101 conversation, if you want to diverge more into the more of the black hat-ish area, then you would be starting to acquire these links in some quasi or directly blatant monetary relationship where you're paying someone for a link, you pay them to write a blog post, and they mention your, your, your page, and you can they, they, they choose the anchor text, or you choose the anchor text, and they build that to you. That's the easiest way of doing it, the one way of doing it. Uh, that might be my preferred way of doing it if I have to do it. Uh, but you can also take this into your own hands. You can build your own sites. That's called private blog networks or microsites. Uh, if you, uh, it, the, the more 
high quality these backlinking pages are and sites are, the more they're called microsites or actually fully fledged websites that can interlink in a, in a linking network, all pointing to your money page, that is to say the page uh, that you eventually want to rank, that you're making the money on, le money, as the French would say. Uh, the, the French don't say that. Never, never say that to a French person. Um, and of course, there's numerous other kind of schemes. There's link wheel schemes, there's link sharing schemes, where there's tens of thousands of, of sites that all link to each other. And so they're all giving you that page rank, that link juice pointing to your site. Uh, you know, uh, people have, uh, there's all kinds of public uh, websites that you can post on called Web 2.0s, uh, such as blogspot.com or wordpress.com. And these have been a favorite to get a link or a forum or a post or a profile page. Some of these kind of pages have been favorites for years to get links on, but now mostly the only ones that work, form profiles don't work. Any of the, 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 the thinner the page and the lower quality of the page, the less that link works and the more that link is actually demoted and you'll, you'll find some kind of ranking issues uh, quite potentially, uh, such as a manual action, you'll bubble up for those kinds of things. Uh, and so the more you, the less you have plausible deniability and it looks like you post it yourself, the higher the chance it's not gonna work and the higher chance you're gonna get a penalty. The more you have plausible deniability, and you could argue that I didn't make that link, they did that of their own volition, the more you're going to have uh, that link juice being uh, uh, counted uh, with a few other caveats in SEO 101. The link should be higher up in the page. It should be as close to what you want to rank as possible. So if I want to, weird, if I want to rank for weird Xmas gifts, this should say, the link should say weird, best page on weird Xmas gifts or great Xmas gifts. Or, or it should either be exact match or partial match. You just want to watch your frequencies and your ratios. Whether or not it's your URL, it's an exact match domain. You don't want everyone linking to you with your exact match query because it starts to look very suspicious and has long been rumored in the SEO community that there is a ratio you will go over and Google will catch you, demote you, ignore those links, those kinds of a thing. Uh, and uh, you want to be ideally not buried on a sub, 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 sub page of the website you'll get more page rank as the original page rank uh, paper is written if you're higher directories and higher uh, links up to their index page. The absolute best quality link, uh, so goes the SEO knowledge so far, the best quality link is on the index page high up above the fold in text in the main content, not in a sidebar, not on the footer. That has the highest juice, the most page rank quotient uh, mathematically is, is divided to the page it's pointing at. Uh, and if it's exact match query or close to exact match query, it'll, be, it'll have also the highest mathematical relevance. That would be the most powerful link, SEO 101 speaking. Um, Clint, I just gave a whole, a whole soliloquy there on SEO linking 101. Do you, do, you, do you agree? Do you disagree? Would you add anything to that? You know, for the most part, because we're talking about SEO 101, I think it's sound advice. You can, really can't go wrong with that. Um, I think a lot of people when they first get started, run into things like uh, marketers who like to promote their tools, especially link building tools. I just warn to be very careful with those. Those are not tools that you want to just point at anything and, and go, uh, despite what the sales letters say, uh, you have to have a plan behind those. And you have to know that there's risk involved with those. You're going to fry your website eventually uh, if you're going to use tools. Um, you know, maybe that just makes you better at, penalty recoveries down there who knows but you know i think the the information you gave was pretty good uh for for a beginner in a real world uh situation you know you white hat guys like to live in fairy dust land and if i make great content then everyone's gonna link to me and honestly <laughs> people just don't care about your great content <laughs> you have to get links and you're gonna get links is promoting them so <laughs> yes i uh uh, I, wait, I wrote a really controversial article about Matt Cutts, of course, a few years ago, and that site got 1,400 links. So, but it was highly controversial, and it was a big earth-shattering thing in the industry, uh, or at least that part of the industry. So um, that's what you've got to do to get 1,500 links. So if you're a plumber or you sell, you sell steel balustrades, you know, you literally have to hang yourself by a steel cord or something and tape it, and then then maybe you'll get 1,500 links or something. You need to do something really outrageous to do it the way that way. But it's possible. I've done it for clients. We've done photo shoots. 
you know, uh, uh, we, we've done a, a controversial photo shoots and we've, we've pumped it out on social media. And, and those campaigns do really, really well. So, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this statement. You might agree, you might disagree, but at the end of the day, you can spend five to $10,000 on a photo shoot within a social media campaign with people who know what they're doing and uh, you, you get your demographic just right, you know what they want to hear, what they're going to like, what they're going to share, and it goes viral, and you get a whole bunch of links and social signals from that and traffic from it. Or you can spend five to $10,000 on really on, on bribing authors and newspapers and blogs to give you a link on high-end newspapers and high-end blogs, and you get a bunch of really good link juice from that and links from that. I mean... Or you can spend $1,000 on 10 PBN links and just rank it that way. <laughs> or, or you could do it that way. Now, there's, some, there's some risk involved, we should say, but, but yes. So I don't know. At the end of the day, I think there's, maybe you should be doing both. Maybe your website should be one year you should do the white hat one, the next year you do the black hat one. So you've got both. You've got plausible deniability. Nothing makes it harder for Google, although it's not that hard for them at all. They just don't really care. Nothing makes it harder for Google to figure out if a site's got – uh, spammy backlinks if you also have a whole lot of obvious white hat stuff going on and you did a huge news campaign and that kind of stuff was going on you know if you seem to be a kind of a good internet citizen uh, less than it used to be but still Google will, will treat you maybe a little bit more fairly a, just a touch you think is that fair to say if you bury your PBN stuff, well, if you're doing your on page right, you're not going to need a whole lot of PBNs. And if you bury your PBN stuff and all your good stuff, your niche, your entity stuff that, you know, uh, Brad might come on here and talk about every once in a while, uh, then really you, you're not really going to have a whole lot to worry about. The people that get hit with uh, the thin content penalties and the bad, the unnatural backlink penalties, they're using tools. They're, and it's obvious what they're doing. Um, but you know, they've taken that risk. Some people know that there's a risk there and some people don't, or just, you know, are too naive to think they'll ever get caught. And Google's a billion dollar company. It doesn't care about me. Well, the algorithm doesn't sleep and it's going to find you. one way or another. <laughs> exactly. I, I love that. The algorithm doesn't sleep and it's going to find you, right? Eventually. Okay. So just to cap off this conversation of SEO 101, I should give a few caveats when I just mentioned off page 101. Remember, Google has all kinds of algorithms that we just talked about. They have all kinds of algorithms that are trying to find people who are gaming that, that, that basic theory I just mentioned. And so if you're just registering age domains, they got algorithms to sniff that out completely. It's, it's, it's getting more and more difficult to do that. Um, if, you're, if, uh, Google, if, you, if you're having sites, getting links from sites that Google hasn't visited in the last six months, those links, uh, according to Google, he's told me, John Mueller told me specifically right to my face, that those links will have so little juice, it doesn't really matter. You don't even bother putting them in the disavow file. Um, uh, there's other black hats on here, like, like, like that Clint just mentioned, such as Brad and, and Mike of uh, NFG SEO, who claim that the three uh, hallmarks now of black hat linking are trust, topic, and uh, traffic. So it has to have a high trust flow in, say, tools like Majestic. That means it's getting clicks on the links. Uh, that, that ties into the traffic. There's traffic actually flowing through those links, making the links look like they are real. And um, it's on the right topic. It's on the exact topic that you're about. So, for example, if you have a link on a backlink page that's about shoes that just has a, a weird sentence in it that says, oh, and you can buy weird Xmas gifts here, even though the rest of the, the article is not about uh, Xmas or, or, or weird gifts or any way, shape, or form, and no one ever clicks that link, uh, then it's starting, you know, every time there's a piece of evidence there for Google to find, for them to ignore it, you're giving them an excuse to devalue that link and not, not rank it at all. So do not just listen to my SEO 101 that I just gave out. You listen to the on-page, do all that. Listen to the server stuff, do all that. But the off-page stuff, do not just think, okay, I, I know how I can hack this. This is pretty easy. Because Google, we've, we've SEOs, we've been at this for a while. <laughs> I mean, we've been banging at this for a while, and Google's been out catching us for a while. And the, the level of nuance between what we're doing and what they're trying to catch is pretty effing nuanced at this point. So don't just think you can, oh, I can, I can replicate, I can run. Don't just think you can just replicate that pretty easily. Uh, theoretically, that is indeed what you want to go for, what I said in the uh, 101 for off page. But how you effectively do it is another thing entirely. You should email me or you should email Clint about, because otherwise you're probably going to run into some trouble. Okay, so 
Let's go to the, the question segment of the show. Let's answer your questions before we wrap up the show, see what we can do here, what questions we can answer. Stephen Buchanan asks, if someone drops in the SERPs for too much exact match anchors, can they dilute it or just add more content to help recover? Um, my opinion is um, you'd never know. You'd never know. Uh, you, 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 you're making a wild guess that it was exact match anchors that dropped your site. So, so I again, you can't take Google is not nice enough to give us enough information to do a a uh, such a detailed diagnostic approach. You're just guessing that it was exact match anchors. You're assuming that's what it was, and so the remedy of adding more links that dilutes your anchor text a isn't necessarily going to help you, and b wasn't ever necessarily the problem to begin with. So I would find an SEO professional, like like me or somebody to do a full audit to see what's going on, because uh, I guarantee there's more problems there going on. Uh, uh, you know, we've never tested uh, exact match anchors. Well, that, that's not true. We have tested exact match anchors. Clint pointed 150,000, 100% exact match anchors at my test page, and it ranked number one, and it still is. So there is no proof at all that exact match anchors is actually a, 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 a demoting ranking factor. It is just one factor that Google could possibly use to demote some links in the field and or uh, coupled with other signals, like it's on a public post page and it's an exact match anchor, or it's a spun page and an exact match anchor. You know, they could, uh, plus another factor, they could use that to demote you that we've never tested, which is why I'm urging caution in the wild. And not only that, but uh, that could also bubble you up for manual actions, which uh, again, multiple factors could bubble you up for manual action. So it's far more nuanced and far more complex than that, Stephen. So I wouldn't even look at it in that, in that way. I would email me or I'd email Clint and we would take a look for you. Liz Gonzalez says, the best show, SEO show. Yes, Liz, I agree. And I like you plus 10 points more. <laughs> yes, flattery will get you anywhere. Uh, she said she took the wiki links off her page and saw an increase in rankings. Thanks. Well, it's interesting you say that. We've repeated that test three or four times. She's referring back to a previous uh, episode, I'm sure Clint remembers, where we put, uh, uh, and Clint wasn't surprised either because he'd seen this in the wild as well. I, I believe you said, said Clint. Correct. That uh, we did, we put a Wikipedia link on a page and it, it dropped. Um, also, uh, uh, I had my apprentice uh, do this test again. We did the test on some pages and the page didn't go anywhere. And we did the test on another page, and that page went up. So it's kind of all over right now. But <laughs> my test I did, the page went down. <laughs> so we've got to keep re repeating this test. We're going to remove that link and see if the page that went up goes back down, by the way. Because this was on a new server where the pages were still fluctuating. So it could have just been fluctuation. We're not sure. I wouldn't even mess with it. I'd just stay away from Wiki. Find better authoritative sites. Wiki's not bad. They're doing, you know, they're good. But, you know, there's plenty of authoritative sites that are referenced on those wiki pages. You can use those links instead. There you go. Pastor Duke Tabor says, hey, Josh, how can you get a new site three months old to stop dropping in and out of different data centers for its keywords? Uh, Pastor Duke, that's an excellent question. The answer is make a better site. Make a site that Google has to rank because it's so damn uh, handy for answering certain queries. Uh, that's clearly a sign of a quality issue and or an authority issue, uh, building more links to it. So again, uh, you need to have a full robust audit there and someone has to give you a more detailed plan, marketing plan as to what you need to do. Uh, but uh, it could just be a matter of time, but quite frankly, you need to be a higher quality site and then Google will treat your site a little bit better. When I say higher quality, I mean you need to, uh, uh, you need to satisfy the promise you made. So you said this page is about Weird Xmas Gifts. It's got to be the best page about Weird Xmas Gifts. It gives them the Weird Xmas Gifts they want to see faster, sexier, sooner, better that Google can track in the user metrics. Yeah, time, branding, and entity. If you don't know what I'm talking about, entity, go to NFG SEO. And, uh, Angel Cruz has a video over there. I'm pretty sure they still have it up. Uh, that'll tell you about entity. Uh, and that's, you know, this. 60 days, what, 60 to 90 days, Josh, a new domain is kind of in the, let's see if we're going to trust it phase with Google. So yes, trying to be building that entity stuff. Um, that's my Wikilinks update. John Turbo asked a whole slew of questions. We'll see if we can answer them. 
does the Google sandbox, exi sandbox exist? If so, how can we get a new site out? So we were just talking about that. There is no sandbox, per se. Google will rank immediately a page or a website that looks like it really well answers the question that, that, it, that, it's, that it writes about. The problem is, is that people are just writing usually crappy websites. Uh, and so uh, it's, 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 it's very simple. If you make a web page, a website, like that website I made, I had a panda list on it, and that page ranked right away. Uh, you know, or if you, you make a page that's really useful to people, it will rank right away, uh, uh, quite often instantly, and uh, there will be very little variation. Uh, there's no sandbox. There's no like time period uh, where I, at least I don't think when we say talk about a time period, I don't think there's a time period where Google says, "Okay, we're going to give this site three months, and then we're going to see what we think." It's it's we're going to watch everything that happens to it until a certain threshold, until until some kind of threshold. I don't know what the threshold is. And then we're going to make a quality determination, and then we're going to decide where we're going to put it. Now, they also do filtering at the caffeine level, at the indexing level. When they index and crawl your pages, they do make some determinations there if it's thin content, if it's spun, if it's garbage. And they're going to make some determinations there. They're going to affect how they treat it later on as well, including the speed and quality and stuff like that. So that's going to move like this. So if you have lower, lower determinations here, it's going to bring your chances down here and vice versa. But basically, to rank any kind of site these days, you need to make the best quality site anyway. And so if you're not doing that, you're going to have some trouble, in my opinion. Clint, would you agree? Well, yeah, I think that threshold that you're talking about, you don't know what the threshold is. I think it's time and entity establishment, kind of in line with what Brad and Mike said. <clears throat> but there is something to be said for the random ranking factor. Terry Kyle kind of showed that and tested that with his – that might be something to duplicate. See if that's still around. I think he's been. It's been a couple of years since he put that out. Um, basically, what that the short version is, he compared ten domains, uh, and then one out of those tens actually popped and did well. So that's the one he picked for his money site, and the other ones he just trashed. Uh, so that's kind of how he duplicated that, or he created that test. And he says he did did it several times. So uh, that might be something to, to look at. Is there a sandbox? You know. I just think there's trust, and, and, and with trust, there's backlinks, and there's good content, and there's entity, uh, so that establishes the authority, and then because you have the backlinks, content, entity, authority, now you have trust, so uh, I think that's really, it's all math, and, and a brand new site, most people just aren't, you know, they're building links to the homepage, they forget the rest of their content, and then they're wondering why their shit don't rank, so. Right, because Google is a page, ranks, as, as you aptly mentioned earlier, Google ranks pages. It doesn't rank sites. Exactly. So I think so if you want a sub page to rank, it's going to have to have some signals to it. Right. And, you know, we've both seen uh, Jeff Lenny, for instance. He, he makes brand new affiliate sites that are, you know, making the dude six figures. And he's doing it with brand new domains, brand new content. But he's promoting the internal content. He's not just promoting the the the, the homepage. So there is, a, there is something to be said there that – uh, you can rank your brand new website. I've done it. You've done it. Jeff's done it. Uh, but you have to have a plan, and that plan includes promoting your internal content. Right, and and knowing what they want and giving it to them. Yep. Um, John also asks, what do I name the image? Uh, would you name the image the same as the alt name? I didn't in this test. You can. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's an SEO rumor, an SEO, SEO myth that's been around for a long time. You can. Uh, I didn't in this test, and I saw a boost. So, I named the file name. I named the uh, captcha, regardless of if the captcha is going to show or not. I named the alt, and typically those are all exact match. And then the description is where I actually, you know, put in some related terms or spin it around and alternate variations. So that seems to be a good good policy for me. I agree there, Clint. Deidre Calendar SS. How about the fastest way to remove thin pages from search, like, say, 200 tag pages? Um, there's a lot of ways to do that, Deirdre. Um, you can put a no-index on those pages. You can delete them and serve a 404. Uh, you can also canonical them back to one main page. You can 301 them back to one main page. Uh, there's plenty of ways to do it. Uh, you can remove them in search from Search Console. Uh, those are all the ways I could think off the top of my head. What, how would you do it there, Clint? Yeah, the easiest way is to set them to no-index, no-follow. Uh, I wouldn't have 
added them in the first place. But I know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, that's that's the best way. But, you know, sometimes that, that happens. We've had a, an entire site, over 4,000 pages. Uh, we had a dev version. Someone uh, synced the live version and the dev version and then forgot to change the robots text. So the entire dev version got indexed to you. So. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> it just happens. And if you just, you know, set it to no index, no follow, it'll drop out eventually. Google figures it out. Yeah, um, I found if you they, they drop it right away. So I put a no index on a page and it was gone at least a day day maximum. Yeah, it took you know it took a couple days for that dev site, for example, to start dropping out, but it picks it up pretty quick. So they do because they've got trillions of pages to to uh, index, crawl, and rank. And so if you're going to do them a favor and say, hey, don't don't rank these ones, they'll say, okay, thank you, and they'll remove those pretty quickly. Exactly. John asks a question for Clint. I don't know why I asked Clint this specifically, but he asked Clint. He says, do traffic bots help rankings at all? I have an opinion about that, but he asked you, Clint. Yeah, it depends on how you use them. So I think Josh has done traffic testing, and he saw positive results. Holly Mueller or Holly uh, Starks has done traffic bots and, and, and manual traffic and saw results. I've done it using the brand theory. Brand name slash end keyword will improve rankings over time. I didn't see dick out of that, and I've done exact match, and I see some. So it really depends on the quality of the traffic, the quality of the tool you're using. For in general, like Josh, I know he's paying for live workers on some of his tests. I, you know, I don't have time for all that, so I just use PandaBot, uh, and then you know, use common sense and send traffic to the pages that I need to, just as a at a side or and in addition to everything else that I'm doing. Um, another one is send traffic to your backlinks and send the traffic through your, your backlink to your website. That's a good option to just kind of get the power of your backlinks. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I like that one. That one, uh, again, I've, I haven't empirically tested it. There's so many tests, so many tests I want to do. Uh, I haven't empirically tested that one, but that one is rumored by also Mike and Brad and those, those black hat guys. Uh, that's to be one of the main key signals. Yeah, and you can set it up with PandaBot. PandaBot will go find your backlinks and send traffic through it. And now, keep it common sense. So they'll turn it on and I want to get 10,000 visitors a day all of a sudden. <laughs> notice. Um. Yeah, um, I, I'm going to take a slight – this is where the white hat and the black hat are going to slightly disagree. Uh, yes, I have done traffic tests in the past with microworkers, and yes, it did provide a boost. So I, I repeated the test recently, and – uh, do you want to see the result? <laughs> I, I didn't. I, I skipped this one earlier, but I can. I can share it now. I uh, let me share the result here. So I was doing a CTR versus traffic test, as you recall. And what we did is uh, we we sent traffic to both these pages, and you can say, as, as you can see, both pages were de-indexed. <laughs> so I sent microworkers and real traffic. To, to, to the Google SERP to do a search, and they clicked the result, and I sent real traffic and microworkers direct to a page, and the page is no longer ranking Google. <laughs> so I don't know what to make of this test. The last test I did, the page ranked number one and didn't stop ranking number one. Uh, but now uh, uh, I, I de-indexed those pages. So I'm not really sure what to make of that. Um, I used microworkers and real traffic, people in Skype groups, people in my Twitter. Uh, I don't, I, I, what, do you have any, what, what would you say about that, Clint? I have no idea why both pages would be de-indexed. The CTR page was de-indexed first, and I wasn't surprised about that. Mm. But then the, 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 the other traffic page got de-indexed. I'm not really sure. I don't know. That could be just, have you tried resubmitting it to Google Eurosubmit and see maybe if it, because we've seen that before, especially with Holly when she's doing a lot of her stuff. Uh, we'll submit it. It'll be there and then come back a few days later and it's gone and then you have to resubmit it. Uh, that's really uh, an issue with YouTube and, and keeping those videos indexed. So uh, maybe try that out and see if that's what it is. Hmm. Okay. Well, that's interesting. So I would just mention to anybody out there, remember, we're talking about SEO stuff that sometimes could be dangerous. <laughs> and so don't take anything any of us say, except for what I said. No, you can do that. That's safe. Everything like this traffic manipulation we're talking about and the linking stuff we're talking about, email a professional first, email Clint or email myself and, and get us to help you with that. That's like kind of deciding to stay, take steroids 
at the gym and not talking to a doctor first or not knowing anything about it, that kind of a deal. Uh, it's not illegal, but uh, not yet anyway. <laughs> not, none of the stuff we're talking about. But, uh, but, but it is illegal. It is illegal according to Google. So you want to be very, very careful. And you can definitely hurt, hurt your site doing that. So I would be careful. Test this stuff out. Make a test site. They're not hard. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Make your own test sites uh, that are either in the wild or, or completely isolated. And uh, you can do your own testing. You don't have to listen to us. Do your own test. We'd, we'd like it if you did your own tests and you came back to us with your results. That would be fantastic. Maybe one of these days we should do a, a whole episode on how to make a proper testing environment. Especially if your results prove that we're right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we we really like that. <laughs> but but I, but we like that the most. But we even <laughs> like tests that disprove what we're talking about because because it's all science, baby. It's all any result is a good result, and any result is is more knowledge and more like huh, and, and gives you even if it gives you more questions, they're good questions, the questions you should be asking, as opposed to listening to some of these guys on YouTube where they read in a blog somewhere that this is the new tactic, and then they sell you a ten thousand dollar course based on it. Don't listen to those guys. That doesn't happen. <laughs> no, no, that never happens. Okay. Um, Gary Hayden Hill says, awesome show. Thanks very much. Okay, so that's all the questions. So thanks very much, guys. That's been the White Hat versus Black Hat basic SEO, one, uh, SEO 101 tutorial. I would like to thank Clint Butler for joining us today and all of you following on YouTube. If you have any SEO questions at all, please email me at joshbashinsky at gmail.com. Any SEO questions, even a quick one. You can also follow me at Twitter at joshbashinsky, and you can find more SEO videos like this, The White Hat versus Black Hat SEO Show, and other SEO experiments, hangouts, uh, full tutorials. I put a full course out on how to do an SEO audit a couple weeks ago. Check it out. People are loving it at youtube.com slash jbashins, that's J-B-A-C-H-Y-N-S. Clint Butler, I'd like to give the final words to you today. What are your final words today? Know the basics. Build that foundation off of your basics. Everything that you know SEOs do is really based off – the names have changed, but the, it's all it's all the same. Just so if you know the foundations, then you'll be good to go. Uh, if you need help, I'm here to help you. you know, we help you on, on every Wednesdays. I'm here at SEO this week. We'll help you with that. We're actually, I'm actually going through and doing a complete site build out uh, uh, every week on there now. I just started that last week, so you can catch up with that um, and, and and ask questions. And, and as long as you're asking questions, then you're going to be good to go and you're going to be safe. I would agree. Um, it's when you stop asking questions and you start you think you know everything. That's when you start running into trouble. <laughs> usually, exactly. All right, well, thanks, folks, for watching. Again, this has been the White Hat versus Black Hat SEO show. And as I like to say, watch us next week uh, or the week after. Or usually Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific time is when we have the show. Follow me on Twitter to see exactly when we're going to have the show. And as I like to say, good luck in the service. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone.